Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that once had a dog that wouldn't make fetch happen. It's Sif Pop. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Get in, loser. We're going shopping. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and quit bothering him with your spy stuff. He's trying to watch the game. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She did not go to graduate school for this. It's Susan Kamyab Stevens! <laughs> welcome back, Susan. Thanks. Always How you been? Good, good. Just busy. The yeah. award season, work, all that stuff. Baby. Do you feel like... <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of past it, right? Like, even though the Oscars hasn't happened yet, we're still kind of past, like, our, you it, know, kind of investment in it, uh, it, at least the heavy part of it. Uh, yeah. Well, the heavy part comes off after the Critics' Choice for us. And then mm-hmm. I think now it's kind of, yeah, now it's just anticipating the Oscars and kind of seeing, I mean, I like to fill out my ballot. And so I wait for the SAGs and um, mm-hmm. I watch the Independent Spirit Awards, too, and then. Yeah, just yeah. waiting for the big night. But I do feel like after the Oscars is when I really am like, okay, <laughs> take a deep breath. Speaking of filling out your ballot, uh, we are doing the live uh, Sposkers broadcast again this year, and we will be taking mm-hmm. your picks. Um, we will be doing that at the website, siftpop.com, and just click on Sposkers. It'll be there on the website. And that should take you to where you can make your picks in every category. And these are who you think is going to win. Not who you want to win. Not who you think should win. This is who you think will win. And then through the course of the awards live that night, we will keep tabs on who is winning, who has the most uh, correct picks. So we'll be doing that again this year. Um, is that the f- it's first or second weekend in March this year? I forget. Uh, second. What, it's March it 10th. Yeah, March 10th um, is the weekend that that will be happening. So, so yeah, be doing that. Uh, Andrew and I always in a big battle uh, for those uh, those picks. Uh, I believe we are, uh, I think it's four to three in the seven years we've done this, Andrew. Uh, so, Who's are you really? ahead or am I ahead? I've won four times. You've won three. I won last year to break the tie. Um, mm. I got 20 right last year. You got 18 right. Um and the the high was 20 last year um in fact often on these years you or i not only beat each other but win the whole thing i think the first couple years uh uh we won the whole thing so um so yeah it's uh it's up to you to see if you can beat our experts uh at this so go to sifpop.com and click on that if if you want to and then tune in uh, live during the oscars for a little second screen experience that's what the pros call it a second screen experience 
It's, it's the first. It is a lot of fun. It is fun. It's a ton of fun. Uh, we're going to get into it, though. Uh, we've got a couple movies to review. Haven't done that in a while. Uh, let's, let's rock yeah. and roll. Uh, let's talk about Argyle. There. Oh my god, you're Ellie freaking Conway. Author of Argyle series, Ellie Conway! I am such a fan. Oh yeah? What is it you do? Espionage. Would you sign my book? Here we go. I love this book. When the plots of reclusive author Ellie Conway's fictional espionage novels begin to mirror the covert actions of a real-life spy organization, quiet evenings at home become a thing of the past. Accompanied by her cat Alfie and Aiden, a cat-allergic spy, Ellie races across the world to stay one step ahead of the killers as the line between Conway's fictional world and her real one begin to blur. Uh, Argyle comes to us from Matthew Vaughn uh, directing this. Um, I do not believe he wrote this. I think he's just directing it and stars Bryce Dallas uh, Howard and uh, many, many others in this. Um, What did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew. I don't want to say I hated it, so I'm just going to go with really didn't like it. Mm, Low, low side of didn't like it. Uh, Susan, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. <laughs> Susan liked it. Just liked. Nobody likes this movie. Susan, have I you know. seen the scores? Everybody hates this I movie. I know. I literally just Do talked really? about this at like a segment I did, and I was like, I don't know why it's good. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know Ormsby really, it. really didn't like it. You mm-hmm. somehow liked it. I loved it. I oh, loved this movie. No, I had no. so much fun oh. during this I told, movie. You tricked me. I thought you were about to go with Andrew. And I was like, okay. I was so ready to be like, okay, here's my reasoning. <laughs> I am shocked that there are two of us on this podcast that like this movie because it people are hating this movie. It's um, like kind of an unnecessary hate, though. I'm it so confused. Feels like it. Yeah. Like, I just I don't think it deserves hate. Like hate, yeah. really? Yeah. Well, Andrew didn't either. He just went with strong, strong dislike. You yeah. Know, he didn't, I, want, I, he I didn't did want to go to hate. Say, thanks for not going to hate. <laughs> yeah. I, felt, I honestly felt a little stupid, like going like, well, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought about I thought about going high side of liked because I, I recognize some issues with this movie, but I'm going with loved. And, and I want to just say, as I start you know, going into some of the reasons I, I I loved this movie, that one of the reasons we do the rating scale like this, the liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, it was just okay, is because we understand that movies are subjective and that the experience oh, yeah. can't be summed up in a letter grade or a number grade. That's That's not... It's not, there's not enough emotion there. There's not enough personal there. And the reason I love this movie is very personal. I can even come away from this movie and going, oh, if I were to rate that on a scale, I'd rate it a seven or a six or whatever. But I loved it. I loved it anyway. I just, there was, there were some things about it that just really moved me and spoke to me and that I just enjoyed. Um, I'll start here. I've, uh, uh, one thing that struck me is I don't think I've been this, like vibed this much with a tone since I saw Moulin Rouge for the first time um, where the director is clearly not trying to work in any kind of reality or anything. And, and Matthew Vaughn does this with 
you know, many of his movies. Um, but I just, I, I didn't, I don't vibe with Kingsman. I don't vibe with, um, what, what's the other Matthew Vaughn property that was, uh, that was big. Um, I haven't vibed with any of his movies until this one, but man, right from the first scene, I was just like, I get what you're doing here and I'm, I'm on board. I, I'm really, really enjoying this. Um, so yeah, I think one of the big reasons that I, I came away uh, liking it is I just, I was locked into the tone and I think the tone is consistent. I didn't find it inconsistent. It really felt like, you know, the same movie from beginning to end for me. Uh, Susan, what are some of the things that, that you enjoyed about it? I on it. I, I just thought it was fun. Like, it's kind of what you said. It's like, I try to base a lot of my reviews and uh, ratings, I guess, also on how, my experience in theaters, like mm-hmm. and I'm watching theaters and, it was just a good time. Maybe it does have to do with the tone. I actually really just thought Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell just really um, fed off each other really well, which was surprising. I wouldn't have thought pairing them together would have worked so well, but it was, they were a good match. Like they, they had good chemistry and he's just amazing. Like, I just think that he's great in everything he's in, but I liked how it was self-aware and was poking fun at the spy genre. And I think it was action packed. There were some things that I'm sure people thought was super silly and ridiculous, but I was just like cracking up laughing. Like I can think of specific scenes. I know people have pointed out like those scenes. I was uh, the ice skating, the the dance. There, there are two. Yes, there are I two moments it. towards the end, and the uh, the two moments that you just mentioned, in their back to back set pieces. Yeah, and they both are already in my movie moments of the year discussion. Like they, like they owned me. I loved them so much, especially, especially the the. I'll just call it the rainbow gun battle. That yeah. I just loved that and i loved so much about it yeah i was like i was hooked i was i was literally just like so entranced by it and i love the song that's playing and Mm -hmm. i was just like it knows what it's doing i think that was the thing it's not like this movie was taking itself seriously it so i was just like yeah you're i'm i'm laughing this is good and i guess the the choreography of it was really beautiful too i thought so too I thought so too. I, I have a bunch of other stuff uh, that that I want to talk about, but Andrew, I'm going to let you throw something out. Uh, was there anything about this movie you wanted to praise it for? Yeah, I like Sam Rockwell. I think <laughs> Sam Rockwell was. What about Henry Cavill? <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the marketing for this movie because this movie markets Henry Cavill and John Cena and Dua Lipa. Oh, oh my gosh! You think. <laughs> I didn't know John Cena was in it. I wonder if maybe I love it because I didn't see any of the marketing for it. Like, I wonder if that's part of the impact because I was just along for the ride. I had no clue what was going on. And so every reveal was a big reveal to me. And, and I I really enjoyed it. That's interesting. So the marketing sold it as that, that the the book characters were the main characters interesting yeah. they did market Dua Lipa a lot but I already had a feeling that that was that was like star power like oh Dua Lipa but she's not mm. gonna I already predicted that part of it but uh, other than that I didn't really watch I don't even think I watched the trailer I think I just went in I was like here's the cast cool I'm gonna watch it and uh, I think it's best to go as blind as possible in this one 
Yeah. Yeah. If I, you look at the trailer for the, I mean, the movie's called Argyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all the marketing was about Henry Cavill. And he's in it. He's the top. Huh? He's in it. <laughs> I, he is in it. Don't get me wrong. He is in it. But if you think that this movie's going to be about him. But no, uh, I think my initial point was that I think that Sam Rockwell is uh, pretty good in this. Although I've seen him in this movie before. Uh, he's He's been, you know, in a movie with uh, Anna Kendrick where oh. he was a, a hitman and undercover and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I've seen him in this movie before. Yeah. My husband said the same thing. He brought up that movie afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So but, does that uh, bother you? No. I mean, it's just, it's not like, it's more along the lines of me saying like, ooh, I haven't seen Sam Rockwell in this performance before. I've seen mm. him do this, so I'm not like blown away by it by any means. Yeah. 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 Um, since we're uh, talking about some of the performances, I do want to focus a little more on Bryce Dallas Howard, who I just absolutely adored in this movie. Um, I, Ooh, wow. I, I have to say possibly, I think it's inspired casting. I, I think the casting of Bryce Dallas Howard on the, in this is not only, um, good for her, her acting and her ability and those kind of things. I think it's good for her presence. I think there's a there's a counterintuitive nature to her casting in this movie that I think serves the what I believe the writer is trying to do with these characters. I'll just say it right now. I think this is a movie about marriage. I think this is a, a movie about how we understand our spouse, how spouses change. Um, it could be any relationship. It could be any life lifelong relationship. I'm just you know for me, marriage is the one that that enters into it the most. It's about finding the magic and recognizing the magic uh, that you thought may have been lost or was in the past. Um, and I think Bryce Dallas Howard fits that kind of idea of, you know, uh, uh, a wife, you know, uh, later in life or whatever. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying she's old. What I'm saying is she's different than most of the leading, uh, women that you would think to be. She's not Charlize. She's not, you know, um, I'm trying to think. I know what uh, you're saying. Yeah. Of, uh, Angelina Jolie. She's not, you know, the, the typical, uh, shape or of the person that that you would put in this this movie and i loved that so so much and um it was one of my favorite favorite things about the movie uh was her i i actually agree with that also because i'm not usually crazy about her characters or her roles typically uh outside of like the help was like the one that i really liked i thought she like mm-hmm. killed it in but after that it was always kind of like oh she's just annoying um but this one I thought she was really great. I really liked her and I found her relatable and exactly what you just said. She's not the typical actress they would cast for this role, shape, personality, watching someone like her be a like kicking butt and stuff. I think is, is a good thing in the movie. The movie also doesn't play her. I'm trying to think of a a good way to say this, but um, it doesn't it doesn't play those differences as comedic. Mm -hmm. She is sexy in this movie. Like it's not it's not like the movie is is saying, you know, ha ha, you know, look at the person who, you know, it's they're not Paul blarting it or something. It's just it literally is the same as an action kind of movie, um, you know. She's just shaped differently. And but she's also sexy. I mean, outside of like that gold dress, she's sexy mm-hmm. in a way that they don't like in a, 
a relatable way and not yes. wearing like skin tight, like spandexy, whatever, trying to be mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie sexy, you know, yeah. like it's, I, I, I just, like that. I don't know. I, man, we talk so much about uh, unrealistic body expectations and body image issues and all those kind of things so much. And I felt like this movie was one of the first movies I've seen that was like, no, we're putting our money where our mouth is, um, mm-hmm. you know, and casting a real human being in this role. Um, yep. And man, I love it. I want more of it. I just I just we you know, we need to see all the 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 different types of human beings and how beautiful they are. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really thought that was a, a huge part of the reason I love this movie. I, agree. Um, I totally agree with everything you just said, except for her acting. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was like, I want to know why you had two thumbs down for her. I, I, you don't think she's a good movie, actor? Not in this. No, not in this. This movie actually made me question. I think in general, she is a brilliant actress. Like you said, in the help, mm-hmm. she is like killing it. She is so good. The village. Um, oh, she, she's in the village too, isn't she? Yeah, she's great mm-hmm. in the village. No, she is great. Yeah. But I just, I liked who it. I liked her. It was I didn't just like her character. This one. Great. In the yeah. Help. Oh, she's very good at being unlikable. <laughs> like whenever uh-huh. she was help, she, she has that character trait nailed down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this movie just made me question whether or not she knew how to act. <laughs> I was like, it's too bad. Yeah. I wish I would have seen the movie you guys saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we, we are, we are in the vast minority in seeing the movie we saw apparently. So, yes. uh, so don't feel too bad. You're, you're probably more in line with the movie that most people saw. True. Yeah. Cause I thought this was just cacophony of convoluted story arcs that are just, uninspired, unoriginal, and unfunny. I didn't mm. laugh once in this movie, but I'll tell you this. I don't know if Aaron, you and I were in the same screening yesterday, but um, I was the only one in my theater that was not ro- uproariously laughing. It, oh. I had an active... Uh, were you at the six? Yeah. 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 There was an active crowd. They they were they were having a good time. Um, and I, I was with them. I was uh, having a good time as well. Um, I'm not much of like an out loud laugher in general. It takes a lot for me to laugh out loud. So I don't know that I that I laughed out loud at a ton of stuff, but I was smiling through a lot of mm. the jokes. And I thought that whole introduction scene of the Sam Rockwell character was great. I, I like mm. I was locked in and just I was grinning the whole time at Rockwell doing the Rockwell thing with the long hair and, and just, yeah, just the, (laughs) that, that, and, and she's doing the whole fish out of water thing. And I just, I just thought it, I just thought it really, really worked. Um, I want to get back to uh, a point I glazed over, which is uh, about the themes of this movie and about wondering if this is a movie about partnership and, and long-term relationships. And, and one of the, the reasons I go to that is not just because I think it's textual. I think it's on the screen. I think a lot of what they're doing with these characters is right there on the screen without spoiling anything. Um, you know, uh, I can't really talk about some of the details of that, but the way this movie ends and the final thing that she has to say in this movie is, such a powerful worldview about what it takes to commit yourself to someone for life. And it is, uh, it just locked in for me that this is a movie. 
I would put this movie at like the 15 to 20 year mark of a marriage or a long-term relationship. And it's just saying, yes, things change. People change. Things are different. Things are forgotten. How do you remember what it was like, you know, uh, the first time you kissed or the first time you had a date or, you know, those kind of things. And there are some very specific parts of this movie that I related to uh, relationships and marriage and that kind of thing. There's some like like father-in-law, mother-in-law stuff in here too that is really interesting when you start to think of the metaphor in this way. Um, and yeah, so once I kind of locked into that as my perception of what the movie was presenting, um, it was just a whole nother level of being invested and enjoying it. And, you know, one of the reasons that uh, Rainbow, <clears throat> you know, shootout that I mentioned was so meaningful, like I was tear, I was tearing up during that shootout. And I know that I know that sounds weird, but there's something so beautiful about what that shootout means to them. And it's so honestly and unambiguously like um, wholesome. There's a wholesomeness to it. I was just like, I was not expecting that from a Matthew Vaughn movie. Like it's it's usually the opposite. Matthew Vaughn is usually trying, you know, to be. Uh, uh, gutter. You know, he's usually trying to do the gutter stuff, and here he's yeah. doing the wholesome stuff. And I was like, "Cool, I love this." Um, so yeah, that that hopefully that explains why I I love this movie, even though I recognize some of its faults. Which I will say that was something. I mean, I only like the first Kingsman. I didn't like the second, and I didn't like whatever that prequel thing was. The Kingsman. Yeah, that was terrible too. <laughs> um, but. I like that. I, I know he tries to be really like crude and sometimes it works, uh, but it was kind of refreshing not to have like a constant, like dirty joke after a dirty joke. And in this, cause it is rated PG 13. I will say I do kind of miss the graphic violence. Cause I think that's always fun to see. <laughs> it's like comical. It's like, you know, the Deadpool effect it's to me. This but is my favorite kind of movie violence. The, the yes. we'll just call it this, the skating scene mm-hmm. is one of my, like this, no, this, this because it's creative. It's not yeah. in the real world. It doesn't, you know, um, forgive the pun. It's the only way I can think to say it, but it doesn't trigger, you know, those things in me that are like gun violence and true, those true. kind of thing. And so like, it allows me to enjoy the athleticism of it, the, you know, the fun, uh, you know, of the choreography, Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is the kind of, of movie violence I really enjoy. That is a good point. I, I do get, I don't like really like gun violence creeps me out sometimes just with everything, yeah. but they, yeah, no, it was, it was just, but overall, yeah, I will say I have one negative about it, which Andrew's over here is about like 50, but, <laughs> uh, I just, I think it could have been shorter that I would honestly, if it even just trimmed 20 minutes, just 20 minutes would have hit the sweet spot. I did not notice the length at all. I could, I, if it weren't for my bladder, I could have gone another 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I was, I was having a lot of fun. Andrew, I, we haven't given you the opportunity to destroy this movie yet. So please uh, oh, no. go, 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 go please, on with, no, go there are so many people listening who need you right now to tell the truth about this movie. Uh, oh, I know because <laughs> the majority of people are like, what like, are these crazy the people? Andrew, yeah. speak some sense to us. Mm-hmm. Well, you keep saying, uh, I think I even read in your letterboxed review, it, it may not have been you or it may have been another guru, but they said, um, 
this reminded me how to have fun. And that was not me. Okay. Well, who to whoever said that, I have not forgotten how to have fun. I just don't have to settle for mediocrity. <laughs> so what makes this movie mediocre? Like what like what specifically where does it fail to live up to? Yeah. What, so no, well, I'm, I'm sorry, let me clarify one more thing. Is it mediocre or yeah. is it bad? Uh both. I think that there okay. are parts of this movie that are bad, and I think there are parts of this movie that are mediocre. Nothing in this movie really elevated itself to me to where I could go, that's your saving grace right there. That mm-hmm. moment of this movie is what you can hang your hat on and say, we did that right. There really wasn't a moment for me in this movie where I was you know, in awe or anything. I was just along for the ride, and I was waiting for the ride to be over with. So I would look at moments that you were talking about, like the skating scene or the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the smoke scene, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I can understand how if early on in the film, if you give yourself to this type of movie and you, you know, say it's not based in reality, it's over the top, it's exaggerated. I could see how somebody could look at scenes like that and say, oh, yeah, I'm just allowing myself to have fun. But I've seen scenes like that in movies that are good, and I don't mean it to sound disparaging or insulting when I say that. But I've seen scenes like that, like in Kingsman. There's a scene in Kingsman with exploding smoke, you know, and uh, it's very beautiful to look at. But I don't think that while beautiful, I don't think that this really adds to the story, like you say that it, it reminds you of a beautiful love story. I never got that once. Um, maybe that's just because I don't know what love is. And <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to know what love is? Do you want? Do you want? Yeah. Do you want me to show you? Or <laughs> I want you to show me? Wait, how's that go? I forget. Anyways, <laughs> what is love, baby? Don't hurt. I did pick up on a romantic comedy for sure, but I did not go to the depths that Aaron did at all, which is. Ah, listen, it's my sickness. It's my sickness. I know. I love. I normally do, but I was. I was so. I walked in, and I think that's part of it too. You have to, for my mindset. I have had such a, you know, stressful work week. So this was one of those movies that I appreciated that I could go in and feel like a true mindless escape, but not in like discrediting the storyline. It was just fun. It was so fun, and I just. I went along for the ride and enjoyed it. I, I hear what you're saying, Andrew. I just think I was connected to the characters and again, the metaphor that I saw developing in a way that um, that did connect all that stuff to the story for me. Um, I mean, there's I, I don't I don't want to spoil stuff, but there there are, uh, there are some overt clues that this is a love story in yeah. that smokes uh, battle or, you know, rainbow gun battle or whatever. Like it's. It is uh, it is unabashedly you know about love. Um, now, whether or not you're buying into that, that's the part I understand. Like, if you're not buying into it, if you've never seen like I thought from the moment they met on the train, I like he was flirting with her and yeah. she was trying to figure him out, but he he was wooing her, and I was found that so interesting. Um, and uh and then as the and again i don't want to spoil anything but as some of the reveals happen i was like oh okay this all makes sense so like all that stuff 
made the story work for me. It didn't, it didn't feel separated from the story at all. I will say this, and this could be the saving grace for the film. After watching it, I had the feeling of I might appreciate this film more on a second viewing because, you know, having going in with all that knowledge of like the 15,000 twists and turns that happen in this movie, going in with the, the knowledge of all that going in a second time, I might appreciate it more. But you said that you really connected with the characters. And I think that's where I am really mm-hmm. lacking in this one because that I can just make a huge difference. That can make such a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Because yeah. I couldn't connect with Bryce Dallas Howard or Sam Rockwell. And if you can't connect with your two leads, then you're in trouble for a film. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think there's also, as I, as I continue to build out this metaphor and, and talk about and more of what I think this movie is doing, there's also this, this thing that we do with romance, this thing that we do with partnership, where we like to see it as you know, Henry Cavill and, you know, John Cena, and we need to be more aware that it's Sam Rockwell and Bryce Dallas Howard and that, you know, and that that's beautiful and that's okay. And so, you know, uh, this movie is dealing in the idea of how do we see ourselves? What do we see in the mirror? Do we feel worthy of love? Do we feel, you know, the ability to find, um, you know, those things about us when, you know, the, the, everything around us, you know, tells us what we need to look like or what love is supposed to look like even not even just like a physical appearance thing, but just like what love is supposed to look like. And, um, yeah, so I just, I think I'm excited to watch it again, both because I really like some of the scenes and what they do. And I really had a good time, but also because I, I, I really do think I'm picking on some up on something that the writer at least intended, uh, when they wrote this screenplay. Um, and uh, if it wasn't intended, then it just hit the mark for me. And that's fine, too. Like, sometimes that that happens. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, anything else, negative or positive, that either of you guys uh, want to talk about? Do we want to mm-hmm. talk? I, there's a mid credit scene that I missed because uh, I had to get out of there because my bladder was full. Um, Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys didn't watch it? Did you see the mid-credit no. scene? I, I read up on it yeah. because I, I uh, heard after the fact from a friend who had seen it that there there was one. Um, and I'll I'll just say that's interesting. Okay. That's, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's saying everything everybody thinks it's saying, um, but uh, but it was kind of an, an interesting way for the movie to, uh, to throw a mid-credit scene in. Do you think they'll make a sequel? Uh, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did think, oh yeah, this is definitely gonna have a sequel. Unfortunately. We'll see how it does at the box office. I mean, that'll be the the tell. It's not not gonna do very well at the box office, I don't think. I think it's gonna have the same fate as King's Man. (laughs) So, it's not gonna, I don't think it's gonna do much. I mean, yeah. I, I would love a sequel, but I don't think so. Yeah. It's, yeah. If it, you're not buying in, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, I don't think it'll get a sequel unless it's like cult classic 15 years from now. Hey, let's rev this back up because, there, you know, there's this group of fervent fans that have buoyed it along, you know, kind of thing. But there's definitely hey, not. You a, and a, Susan can uh, start the chart. <laughs> uh, make it happen. Uh, the cat stuff, cat stuff didn't make you laugh at all, Andrew? Oh, my God. The cat stuff was like so it. funny. <laughs> No, you didn't like it? 
I was wondering the entire film why they didn't just get a real cat. Why they had to have a CGI cat <laughs> oh, in the oh, entire let's film. Talk about, let's talk about this. The CGI is pretty bad in this movie, right? Like, uh, I don't yeah. think that's, yeah. that's that's not, you know, uh, I mean, everything's up for debate. But, like, even <laughs> someone like me who loved this movie, that's one of the things I look at and go... You know, I I wish mm-hmm. I wish we lived in a world where we gave C- CG artists the time to do what they need to do to make that stuff look real. Now, yeah. I will say it looked so fake so quickly, like the stuff in the first scene looked so fake that I that I quickly was just like, oh, OK, cool. We're just doing like, you know, like I'm playing a video game sometimes, you know. Uh, so I, I kind of didn't, it didn't bother me for the rest of the movie, but yes, um, there were times where I was like, oh, hello, uh, um, you know, computer generated model of Henry Cavill. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the, the CG of this movie is pretty bad. Yeah. So there you go. I'll give you that. Uh, all right. Well, that is Argyle. It is in theaters, and who knows? Maybe you will be among the few, uh, like Susan and I, who actually have a good time with this movie. Um, but it is more likely. I hope you like it. I yeah, hope you we like always. It. We always hope you like the movies you see, um, and hopefully, something we've said will make that more possible uh, with this movie. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our second review for the week. Let's talk about the new version of Mean Girls. What was that? Oh, Lord, it's the Queen Bee. Regina George. Don't look her in the eye! You could be really hot if you change, like, everything. I met a guy in the summer and I left him in the street. Welcome to health and human sexuality. We'll be getting into abstinence, of course, then followed by in the spring, condoms and choking. You're learning things now that I don't know how to teach. Are you okay in there? We're concerned you're either doing drugs or having a toilet baby. Ew. New student Katie Heron is welcomed to the top of the social food chain by the elite group of popular girls called the Plastics, ruled by the conniving Queen Bee Regina George and her minions, Gretchen and Karen. However, when Katie makes the major misstep of falling for Regina's ex-boyfriend Aaron Samuels, she finds herself prey in Regina's crosshairs. Uh, Mean Girls coming back, uh, I think first on Broadway as a musical and now here Mm -hmm. as a movie musical. Um, Again, one of the trio of movies that came out recently that were musicals that did not advertise that they were musicals in any of their advertising which is uh interesting um mean girls didn't advertise that they were a musical no they're apparently again i haven't seen any of the trailers but uh i've heard this that mean girls color purple and wonka all kept the music out of their marketing um so yeah. Well, I guess with Mean Girls, the only difference is like it was maybe not in the trailers, but it was constantly said the musical. So I think that's what helped it. Mm. Yeah, I, I think they're fr- I think they're afraid to market as musicals. I think they yeah. think that'll keep some people away. And the bad news is I think they might actually uh, be right on that. Right. They are right. <laughs> Um, so what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it or was it just OK? Susan, you first. I high side of liked it. High side of liked it for Susan. Uh, Andrew. I really liked it. 
really liked it. Right, for what's the Andrew. difference between is that, is that reason? I don't know what it would have I think we're right on the same page. I liked it, really liked it, uh, both in the same. Uh, I'm on low side of liked it. Um, just enough there to, to say I like this movie. Um, so let's talk about it. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go first? Since you didn't have much good to say about Argyle, find some good <laughs> yeah. things to say about uh, the new Mean Girls. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Mean Girls. Let's talk about the cinematography during the musical sequences. It's top notch. It's so good. The combination of great music. I loved all the songs in this, by Same. the way. Same. The the dancing and special effects are incredible. It actually made me want to go and see a Broadway musical. I've never seen a Broadway musical before mm. and always wanted to now. Mm. Well, I, I really want to now. Um. Yeah, I think that the way the camera moves and pans, we got a lot of long one takes during these musicals, so you really get to appreciate the choreography. I think it's a really well shot movie. Yeah. Susan, some thoughts? Um, I agree with all that. Uh, I would say the big thing about this that I was nervous going in because those two movies you mentioned before, the reasons why I didn't enjoy those films is I didn't think the music was that strong. I didn't care for any of those songs. They Mm -hmm. aren't memorable to me, but almost every song. And I mean, yeah, every song in this mean girls was so good from the opening number. I was hooked and it just kept every, like I get chills sometimes, especially from Renee Rapp. She is phenomenal in this movie and her voice performance. I could go on, but yeah, that's the, that is definitely what makes this, if you're going to do a remake and it's going to be a musical, at least have good music. And it does. Yeah. I think the music is phenomenal. I think the songs are so good. Mm-hmm. That's why I like this movie. Like it saves, uh, the rest of the movie from just kind of being mid for me, just kind of being, um, uh, you know, just another run of the mill rehash of something we've already done. Those, the songs are just that good. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I really, really had a good time with them. I also wanted to mention, I was trying to, I was trying to find, uh, her name, one of the, that crew of, of girls. Um, and for some reason, the cast list isn't, isn't helping me out on uh, this one. It, there's Avantika, uh, BB Webb and Renee Rapp, who are the plastics. Um, uh, which is the one that's like dumb as a rock? Avantika, uh, Karen. Shetty. I love that character Karen? so much. I yeah. like that. That character was my favorite in the movie. Um, and she plays Same. not not only the emptiness of of <laughs> that. Um, you know the the empty intelligence part of that character really really well. She plays the fact that there's um that it's almost more an apathy than a lack of intelligence. And so there's, there's a little bit of the ability to find some humanity, even amongst the blank pageness of it all. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed her, her performance of kind of that, that main crew. Um, who was it that played, uh, the, the main character? Um, Oh, Katie Gory Rice. Is that who it is? Yeah. Uh, and Gory Rice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember her from Mean Girls. I mean, not Mean Girls. Yeah, I do remember from Mean Girls. <laughs> good, uh, good. From Nice Guys. From Nice Guys, the other. Oh, I, nice Guys and Mean Girls. And Gory Rice looks like Jenna Fisher's daughter. That it is, is literally insane the, how much yeah. they look alike. <laughs> it's like, wow. 
They really do. It's funny. I listened to a podcast. I listened to Office Ladies mm-hmm. and uh, Jenna Fisher said she was like, the only reason I got this role is because of Angori Rice. They were like, oh, you have to get it because you yeah. like her. Like if they do an Office reboot, Angori yeah. Rice could play Pam. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's it's just crazy how how much they look alike. So and I, I never well. I never realized it until that movie because I've seen her in other stuff. But when you put them two together, like oh my goodness, that's like a yeah. mini me. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else, guys? What else do you want to talk about with uh, with Mean Girls? I I actually appreciate. Is... Oh, sorry. I was just to say Renee Renee Rapp is Regina George's inspired. I mean, she is yeah. so good, and she can sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I wanted her to sing all the songs. I mean, I like the other girls too, but like at the moment, I mean, she was a literally like a showstopper. Like the, the everything would yeah. stop so that she could begin to sing, and I felt that, and it was, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, she was. If, if if there's any reason to watch this besides the music, it's to see her play Regina George because she is the standout. But I I do yeah. like how they make it modern to today, like. You know, in the original, that we didn't have phones weren't as like they were, not everyone had cell phones or smartphones. Mm-hmm. So, like in the original, Regina George is throwing flyers, like printed copies of the burn book, and in this one, it's like I- images and and mm-hmm. stuff. So, it was cool to see the way they incorporated like today's technology from the original and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna turn us negative just a little bit. Uh, I I was re- I was disappointed in the dialogue in this movie. I was I, I wanted more out of this script, especially when you think of uh, how good Tina Fey has been with other things. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it didn't meet the expectations that I had going in, and so I felt a little let down by the stuff between the songs. Um, it also felt a little bit lazy at times to me. It did this thing that I'm just, I'm getting annoyed with when movies will break the fourth wall and then just destroy the entire building in the process. Like where they're like, they do this thing. Rick and Morty does this all the time where, and I'm getting tired of it where it's just like, and now we're on the commercial. Now it's a commercial or, you know, Oh, this isn't that episode. And it's like, you can't know you're on a TV show. It just like, you can't know. They'd have a couple moments in this uh, movie where the characters are talking about movie production stuff. And it's just like, it's, it's this next level of breaking the fourth wall that I'm really starting to get annoyed by because I just think it's lazy. I just think it's a lazy way to, um, to, it's a lazy way to be meta instead of doing the work it takes to be meta in a creative and, and in my opinion, fun way. Um, so yeah, that was, there, there were a couple of those moments in this movie where I just kind of rolled my eyes and then they started singing and I was in love again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that the story really relies on the audience having previous knowledge from the first film. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You're right. You're right. If you haven't seen the original, there's no way you're going to appreciate this one. Well, important character backstories are like montaged over in songs and it just doesn't work. Like at the very beginning of this movie, if you didn't know, uh, uh, Katie grew up in Africa. <laughs> like that whole thing is just, it just washed over. You're like, Oh yeah, that's a really important character, you know, backstory. Cause that defines that entire character. Like how she became, uh, 
homeschooled and then now mm-hmm. she's a fish out of water in this whole thing. But no, that's just that sped over really quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, what else? What else do you guys want to talk about with Mean Girls? John Hamm picking up his lunch money. <laughs> uh, I like the return of Tina Fey and uh, Tim Meadows and the nod to yeah. the, from the original and stuff. And there's, there's a part where, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but just like, I love what, like I died laughing with my friend where you think that Tina Fey is about to sing and she's just like, well, and she stops and it like, that's one of the <laughs> best parts in the movie. I died laughing. <laughs> Yeah. Now this funny movie, unlike Argyle, this movie made <laughs> me laugh a lot. I did laugh a lot in this. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? Susan, you're the only one amongst us who can uh, vouch for whether this female gossiping thing actually happens during high school or not. Because I don't think Aaron and I got to experience, you know, this so level of clickiness. It. I watched the original in high school. I was a freshman in high school and I watched the original and I wouldn't say it's to the dramatics of like the whole school like that, but I feel like almost every girl will tell you they had a Regina George in some form in their life. Mm. So watching that portrayal, I was like freaking out. Cause I was like, Oh my God, i definitely have felt like Katie <laughs> or Gretchen and I have a Regina George in my life. Like a tip, most people do where they're trying to, they want to impress one. And, and I feel like Tina Fey and you're right. Like the dialogue was missed in this musical. So I hope people, the original, she gets it so well to like, just the way she, she um, like the way Lindsay Lohan's character says the way all these girls are feeling. It's like the more Regina was mean to Gretchen, the more she wanted to impress her and not lose her. So it's like, that is absolutely true because we are so naive in high school thinking that, the person that's the most popular in your clique is who you have to impress. And you come later and find out that's so not the case, but in high school, everything's way more dramatic and bigger. I, uh, my lunch table for most of my high school, uh, was me and six girls from the class. Um, Mm -hmm. and they were just my best friends and we just hung out. It was probably, if it was a clique, it was probably academic, was probably like the high perf- academic performer click. I don't know, um, but or like the um, the goody two shoes click. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I really, honestly, never even pondered that stuff when I was high school. I was just there to, you know, meet people and have fun and play basketball and be in you know productions and just you know live my best life. I, I genuinely did not even think about clicks and. And that kind of stuff. So it was weird. It's girl world. Like (laughs) I swear to you, it's a girl world thing. Cause if I, I'm sure my husband would say the same thing and it's not like he was Mr. Popular or anything. He just like, you just go to school and whatever. It's like, it's a girl world thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I will not be, uh, be, be writing the mean guys. Uh, (laughs) Screenplay. It won't be coming from me. Uh, Well, there you go. That's mean girls. Uh, That is also in theaters Uh, recommend, I think uh, from, from most of us. So uh, go check that out. There is a post credit scene, but you don't have to stay for it. You know, I, I want, I, I didn't see it. Was it, um, was it anything good or no, it's, if you've seen the trailers, then you've seen the clip. Oh. It's just her. It's just her going. Uh, you'd be really pretty if we fixed like everything. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's, nothing. That's all yeah. there is. Yeah. So you don't have to stay for it, no. No. Um, there is one cameo in this movie that felt so forced to me, and it's the big I didn't one. Mind it. You think so? I thought that I, was a really great placement. If if you didn't know who that was, if you if you weren't aware of the cameo, then you would have been like, Why why is why are they making such a big deal here? Um I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I think that's where they, I think that's where a lot of people were probably like freaking out. Like, I mean, my whole theater just cheered. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, all right. Let's move in to the best ever challenge for this week. Before we do though, thank you to our Sif pop members. We love and appreciate you this week on uh sip pop uh andrew asked us about the oscar nominations we had some great discussions about snubs and who we would replace in the different categories in the oscars so some fun conversations there about that and some other things uh that is available to many of our sip pop members if you want to check that out go to patreon.com slash pop and thanks for even considering it we really really appreciate it everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, all right, the best ever challenge this week is girl movies, movies with the word girl in the title. Um, so we will go number five to number one. And uh, as always, if somebody has it higher than you do, Trump! they will trump you. So let's start with number five. I'll kick us off. Um, I'm going to start with Funny Girl, uh, Barbara Streisand. Uh, this is a... A really, really fun movie, and 99% of that is Barbara Streisand. She was born to play Fanny Bryce, and this, she is so good in this movie. And uh, I think this was a Broadway show, if I'm not mistaken, before yeah. it was a movie as well. Um, so, it's not a musical. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, this is one to see if you haven't seen it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so that is Funny Girl is my number five. Andrew, what do you got at number five? I'm going to go with a Swedish film. Mm. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. The, Fincher, the, the Fincher one. one? Not the Fincher one. I'm going to go with the original Swedish one. All right. Does- this one has uh, Numi Rapace in it and Michael Nyquist. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Absolutely love it. Uh, great detective or journalist detective, I should say, trying to solve uh, a murder and where it goes from there and how he uh, finds himself aligned with Lisbeth is just such a great, great story. I absolutely love it. Does it have the same horrific scene in the original? I've always been Probably. curious. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, all right. Your number five, Susan. Um, I picked Xenon girl of the 21st century. If you guys ever watched no idea. So Disney channel at one point had some of the best Disney original movies. Uh, that's the, I don't know if you're watching like smart house and, uh, 
blanking on Johnny Tsunami, things like that. Mm -hmm. But Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, stars Kristen Storm. And Gregory Smith was in there, if you ever watch Everwood. And it's, I don't know, it's honestly, it's it's ridiculous as far as like, it's like set in a way futuristic time where people are living on the, in the space station and she has to come to Earth um, and kind of in a way of like Mean Girls, now that you a little bit of a describing that, like, new girl to work to the earth and people that she's trying to fit in and uh, she's got a crush and everything. So, but she's also trying to save her family and friends that are on this space station. That's about to go down. It's actually pretty risque for, for Disney too. Wow. Xenon. Is that what you said? Yeah. Xenon girl of the 21st century. It was such a big hit. They had two sequels, but the other two were terrible. So I would never recommend that. I would only watch the first one and ignore the, the next two. All right. Never even heard of that. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. Uh, All right. (laughs) Let's go on to our number fours. Uh, my number four just came out this year. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the year. I have the artifice girl, uh, at number four. Um, this is a fairly independent film that came out this year uh, about artificial intelligence and about where we might be headed. It takes place in three acts, um, and just has great performances. And even more than that, just a really, really great sense of world building and uh discovery of these topics it's a good conundrum movie as well um so yeah the artifice girl uh if you want to check it out uh, you should look it up it's really really good is it streaming anywhere do you know i I don't know i don't i don't know if it ever uh ended up streaming somewhere um i didn't know if it was like a netflix original or anything like that whenever it came out yeah i don't think so Uh, I'll look it up while you go with your number four. What's your number four, Andrew? My number four is Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Oh, my God. That's so good. That's going to get trumped. I'm so mad that I totally forgot that movie. (laughs) Damn, that's a good one. That was like my number one the year it came out. I can't believe I completely forgot it. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. It's really good. Uh, Susan, I guess that means we're on to your number four. Okay. Maybe you've heard of this one. Kiss the girls with Ashley Judd. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, I actually only recently rewatched, I had only ever seen bits and pieces of it as a kid. Cause when it came out in theaters, I was too young. And then I finally sat down and watched it with my friend, um, like on HBO max, I think at the time it was, and it was so good. Like, I, I don't know, I guess you could qualify it kind of similar to like a lifetime movie on crack, but, um, I still thought the premise was really good. And like for its time, I remember thinking the twist and who the bad guy was, was really insane. And I think this is Ashley Judd in her prime. And, um, I think it was, uh, Oh, I'm blanking right now on Fre- Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's an exciting uh, mystery. Obviously. And Tony Goldwyn and Carrie always really great cast. Good choice. Good choice. On to our number threes. This is where I have gone girl in at number three. Trump. Trump. I figured I had it the lowest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, what is your number three? <coughs> This is where I have Mean Girls, the 2004 film. Trump. Trump. Susan, you're number three. This is where I have My Girl, 
Ah, it was in my honorable mentions. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it needs much explanation. It was a very classic film. Um, I don't know. It was really good. As a kid, I, I that was a really great. Macaulay Culkin and uh, God, what is her name? I can't even blank Anna on her Chalmsy. What is it? Anna Chlumsey. Oh, I Chlumsy. can't ever say her last name. Yeah. Um, yeah, that movie, actually, the, the B scene, like, to this day, haunts me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I should start a podcast called film trauma. Just about movies that just put you through the ringer. <laughs> There's that. No, for real. It's funny how like a lot of movies, like I'll forget, like, I mean, I, I feel like the girl with the dragon tattoo. There's not a lot I can remember about that movie except uh-huh. for like a traumatizing scene. Cause I was yeah. like, Whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep, the B scene in My Girl is definitely one of those. Uh, but it is a good mo- it is a good yeah. movie. Like it's yeah. it's really really good. Uh, all right, on to our number twos. Um, this is where I have me Earl in the Dying Girl uh, in at number two. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I think it's just one of those movies that just captures an authenticity to its characters that really take you along for the ride of everything that they're going through. And so you just buy in and you're just experiencing those emotions with them. And that's all I really want to give away. Uh, Andrew, what else did you want to say about me, Earl and the dying girl? Um, yeah, it's a very unique film. Um, one that uh, addresses issues that normally would seem not taboo, but you know, a little uncomfortable for many audiences to try and tackle, you know, with, a young girl having cancer and it's, it's very, it's real and the movie can go to some very real places, but at the same time, it has a lot of heart and levity to it. And uh, you really do fall uh, in love with these kids. And you're like, man, I really hope that nothing bad happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you have to watch it for yourself to find out what kind of movie it is. <laughs> yeah, they do front load you. They do put dying girl right in the title. So, you they know, do. You, that's you, true. you know that's what you're true. getting into. Uh, me, Earl and the dying girl is my number two. Andrew, what is your number two? This is where I have gone girl. Uh, me too. All right. Okay. Both of your number twos. My number three. Talk about it, Andrew. Unlike me, Earl and the Dying Girl, one that has levity and, you know, uplifting and you fall in love with these characters. <laughs> Gone Girl, on the other hand, uh, you don't feel that. It is an anxiety ride from beginning to end. And uh, it's one of the reasons why you just can't trust women. That's what yeah. I take away from this movie. Absolutely. Can't trust women. Definitely. No. Hashtag, no. hashtag, hashtag don't trust women. <laughs> you heard I know. it here White first. men are the victims in this film. That's, That's for right. Sure. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Finally, Poor white guys. Susan. Susan gets it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this uh this is just a wild movie. And uh it's not one that I could say that I recommend you check out it has to it, you have to be in a mood for it it because it's not one that you can just throw on willy-nilly mm-hmm. yep uh susan you want to talk about it you also had it at number two yeah i i just was blown away i didn't know the story i know it's based on a book but i went in not knowing anything about it and um i am also a fan of ben affleck so i always like enjoy watching his performances and he's fantastic in this film so is um oh crap what is his name that i'm forgetting now <laughs> Oh God! 
Neil Patrick Harris. Gosh, I wanted to call him Patrick Stewart. Neil Patrick Harris is really great. That would in this be movie. a very different role. No, it <laughs> would be such a different role. Very different. <laughs> but Neil Patrick Harris, I don't know. He's so like I like seeing his character. Like he's not, especially if you like. I think I was still watching. Um, how I met your mother at that time. So like such polar opposite characters. Um, mm. But uh, I just think this is one of those movies. Uh, if you, even if you've already seen it, it's a really fun one to re to, to rewatch and introduce to a friend and watch their reaction. Someone who hasn't seen it. Cause um, mm. like, I, that's really exciting. Cause if you don't know where it's going or what's happening, like it's, it's like, Ooh, I know. And yeah. Anyways, it's fun. Yeah, I had it at number three. Um, I I think it's a it's such a well crafted story for me. Like it just it, it's the tension holds you throughout. You're always wondering what's going on. Uh, even if you've seen it, that's the weird thing about this movie. Yeah. Even if you've seen it, you watch it again, and you're still like right back in your seat, going, "Oh, what is the truth? What's going on?" You know, like it's just it's just really well crafted. And um, man, I love Affleck, and he's yeah. he's really really good in it. So, yeah, Gone Girl is is my number three. Uh, I think then that brings us to our number ones. Um, so yeah. let's do it. Uh, my number one is His Girl Friday. Uh, this is a Cary Grant movie from 1940. It is hilarious. It is a great, fun movie. Um, and it's one of those movies where it's like the words are the weapons and the comedy is the action. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just the way people talk to each other is, you know, the the dialogue is is so fun and interesting and Cary Grant is just an absolute riz monster on screen. Like he is just a, so charismatic. Um so yeah, I I absolutely love His Girl Friday. Um definitely one to check out. If you haven't gone back to watch it. When Cary Grant uh, decides to do comedies, he is gold. He is. He absolutely Think is. Think of this and bringing up baby. Mm-hmm. Just two sure. of the funniest movies. Yep. Uh, Andrew, what is your number one? Uh, I'm going to go with a Ryan Gosling film, Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, I wondered if somebody would give that a shout out. I had it in my honorable mentions. I haven't seen that in yeah. so long. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I haven't seen it in forever either, but I just remember it's – it's it 2015, really right? Did. That was the same year as Mural and the Dying Girl, actually. I think both of those came out that year. Hmm. Oh, fun little bit. Are you sure? No. no, I'm not sure. That was off the top of my head. Are you kidding me? I have no idea oh. if I'm right. Oh, I, I, just, thought, I thought Lars and the Real Girl came out before me, Earl and the Dying Girl. Maybe. Yeah, Lars and the Real Girl came out 2007. Okay, yeah. there you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So, yeah, this stars, like I said, Ryan Gosling, but also Emily Mortimer and Paul Schreider. Schneider, sorry. Um, yeah, this is a movie unlike anything you'll ever see. It's about a man who falls in love with a sex doll and is convinced that she is a real living person. And as part of his therapy, the entire town has to commit to the bit that she is real. And it's, believe it or not, a very uplifting, happy film. Like, it's it sounds weird. It sounds, I know it sounds weird, but if you allow yourself to get past the initial what is going on here with this, uh, with this guy, if you can get past that, 
I think that you'll find that there's some magic in this film. Yeah. Uh, Susan, what is your number one? I was just going to say, I feel like I need to rewatch Lars and the Real Girl because I was probably too young to appreciate it and probably would like it more now. But um, my number one is Mean Girls, the 2004 version. There you go. Um, a lot for because of what I had said earlier. For me, like especially freshman year of high school, I was like just so lost and not really find my footing and stuff like that. So when I watched this, this really spoke to me and I was like, wow, Tina Fey gets it. And it was just, it's also just hilarious. Like, and I think it still holds up today. I hope everybody continues to watch this movie because it speaks to um, the politics of high school and being a girl um, forever. I don't, I don't know if that'll change. Maybe, maybe it's changed a little bit now, but um, yeah, it's just funny and, and witty and the cast is unbelievable. I mean, Lindsay Lohan and uh, Rachel McAdams, especially, but everybody in that movie is so good. Andrew, you had it on your list as well. What, uh, what did you want to say about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Rachel McAdams in, uh, she gave life to one of the greatest film villains ever. Regina mm-hmm. George is up there and it's weird to say because you, you hear a lot of people talking about uh, film villains. The ones that come to mind are like Hannibal Lecter, Darth Vader, right. you know, stuff like that. Regina George is in that category of like great movie villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think Rachel McAdams really helped bring her to life. I, th- I, th- I just have to add to that too, because you bring up a good point. I don't think people sometimes like, I feel like I've, I've said before to people, like I just, this person like snaps at me and it really scares me and I don't want to be around them. They're very snappy. And they'll be like, what do you mean? Like, just shut it down. It's like, you don't get it. And it's like, I feel like Regina George is embodies that. Like when she snaps mm. at you, you're like frozen and that's horrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Those are our top five. Uh, Ormsby, did you reach out to the Sif Pop gurus to see what uh, their choices were this week? Oh, you know I did. So coming in at number three from the gurus, we do have His Girl Friday. Nice. Making the top three. Number two, we have the 2004 Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And at number one, we have Gone Girl. Wow. Mm-hmm. I would have thought it would have been a flip, but that's cool. Mm. There you go. Uh, any other honorable mentions that uh, you guys thought of that you want to uh, throw out there? Me or on the dying girl. I, I can't. It would have been in my top <laughs> five. It would have knocked out Xenon. <laughs> so. yes, yes. Xenon. Uh, uh, Ormsby? I'm not going to lie. I really want to watch Xenon now just to see what it is. Shit, it's mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only other one. At first, that- I thought you said Xena. Like no. Xena, the warrior <laughs> princess. Xenon. Yes. Xena, the warrior princess girl. Uh, yeah. No, if we're going TV shows, I'm going two guys, a girl in a pizza place. That's that's what I'm throwing in there for the, for the like that show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The only other one I would mention is a movie called The Diary of a Teenage Girl that came out a few years back that I thought was really, really good um, and uh, a real insight to coming of age as a modern teenager. So um, that's one I'll throw out there. I know that one as well uh all right we're down to the buried treasure what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about susan you are our guest so you will go last andrew kick us off selfish plug time ladies and gentlemen 
Um, coming up this weekend is the EXL Rage in the Cage paintball tournament, which I will be a part of. Um, it's going to be here in Missouri. A uh, bunch of teams are coming out for the tournament. I am, uh, like I said, I'm going to be playing in it. So if you do decide to come out and stand in the bleachers and watch, uh, shout out Team NVS. That's me. Is there anywhere to stream it? No, not for this uh, tournament. The next tournament I am part of, they will be doing a live stream, though. Oh, nice. Nice. So I'll give that a shout out. Cool. Uh, yeah, this my is very- a very local one. My buried treasure is I finally got around to seeing uh, Robert Rodriguez's uh, first film, El Mariachi. Um, and I know he basically redid it with Desperado, uh, which is basically the same movie. But watching the uh, the original is, I think, just it's one of those movies where you go, this is like the heart of loving movies to like do something like this with a camera and some friends. And like, it's just it's really well done. And I think it's a testament. The the strength of the plot is a testament to the mistaken identity, uh, the, just the tension of mistaken identity plots, which Hitchcock knew, like most of his movies are about mistaken identity in in some way or another. Um, and, uh, El Mariachi deals with that in a really interesting way. Um, but yeah, this is just like, it feels like, Hey buddies, let's go make a movie together. And I just, I love when that kind of stuff happens. So, um, it is, uh, streaming on FUBU. Um, if you have that, uh, if you want to watch it, but, uh, yeah, El Mariachi is, is good to check out. Susan, what's your passion project? Yeah. Real passion project. I should check that out too. I haven't seen a lot of his films. I feel like, um, mine is one that opened in theaters today. It's called scrambled. Uh, have you guys heard about it at all? Heard about it. Haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. So filmmaker and star Leah McKendrick uh, tells her personal, it's based on her personal journey of freezing her eggs. And I just related to it like so incredibly much because uh, full disclosure, I went through IVF and it seeing this portrayal of that particular journey is lacking in Hollywood. And I think she did it just so authentically. And at the same time, it's also kind of a crude comedy. And I know there's always stuff about like, I don't know, it automatically I get annoyed because I see critics bashing it for oh, the female, the crude comedy on here and the raunchiness and it takes away or something from the heart. But I just don't feel like that that's the case at all. And um, it's, it's funny and it's, wonderful and there's so many great things about it but i cannot speak enough praise about that movie scrambled uh is the name of the movie have you ever seen private life on netflix no it is a great uh ivf movie uh paul giamatti uh paul giamatti and katherine hahn are the couple and it is it kind of just flew completely under the radar but i thought it felt really authentic and and interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's called uh, Private Life on Netflix. Is a it's little, still on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Just a little double feature for Scrambled, um, um, possibly. So, I will definitely watch that. I th- Seriously, I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't feel like there's enough of these stories out there because mm-hmm. that, that didn't – I can't believe this. I didn't even hear about this movie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was uh, a few years ago, maybe like five years ago, something like that. Um, huh. So, yeah. 
Uh, there you go. That is Scrambled, um, which is in theaters. Uh, El Mariachi, which you can watch on FUBU. And Andrew's playing paintball. If you want to come stand in the bleachers uh, <laughs> in Missouri, come see us. Uh, well, we did it, guys. We managed to do a podcast. Congratulations yeah. to everyone involved. Uh, really, really appreciate the effort. Top, top notch, everyone. Well done. Mm. Hip, Yay. hip. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to Susan Kamyab Steven. SKS hanging out with us again today. Where do you want to send people? Uh, visit my, um, it, all my socials is at this chicks flicks is the best place to go with an X and, uh, this chicks flicks.com. This chicks flicks.com and X in both places, uh, chicks and flicks, both with an X and you should be able to find Susan there. Thank you again for coming and hanging out with us uh, again today. We always love having you on. Uh, much love and appreciation to our Sif Pop members. Again, if you're interested in checking that out, that's at Patreon, patreon.com slash Pop. Support starts at $3 a month. Uh, and you can check out the perks there, including the bonus episodes, all that kind of fun stuff. Lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review wherever you listen, uh, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can email us, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than twist and shouting a human skull we'll be back next week with more movies not sure exactly what we're reviewing yet but uh, we'll review some more stuff next week and we will see you then bye bye everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.